0: Welcome to the one on one with one and only sports podcast. I'm your host Theo Wan. Before we get started, I just want to wish everyone a happy new year. Here's to hoping 2021 will be a lot better than 2020 and Ultimate will get back on the field. You're listening to season two of the podcast where we're going to look at the stories and lives of the players, coaches, and personalities that make up the world of Ultimate. Each week, I'm going to talk to a new guest, we're going to talk about their journey into Ultimate what their life in Ultimate looks like, their most memorable Ultimate games, and a fun rapid-fire segment to end the episode. If you like the podcast, I would love for you to subscribe or follow on whichever podcast platform you use and get the word out about the podcast to others. You can drop a review on a platform like Apple Podcasts as well. That would be greatly appreciated. Truly appreciate all the support. And new episodes come out every Tuesday. This episode is brought to you by Flatball Collective. Want to show your love for Ultimate and Disc Golf? You gotta check out Flatball Collective, an everyday apparel brand inspired by our favorite sports of Ultimate and Disc Golf. It's designed by players from around the world who also happen to be talented artists, and each item represents a unique perspective of the sport. I personally love my Disc is Life sweater because it's super comfortable, and I get to wrap my favorite sport off of the field as well. Tees, hoodies, toques, towels, mugs, and more. Pick up your favorite item today online. At Flatball Collective on Instagram or flatballcollective.com. Use code 1 and only 15 to get 15% off your order. That's code 1 and only 15 to get 15% off your order. Now, with all that done, let's go. This week's guest is Davide More. Davide is the player coach for Kuzba La Fata, the defending Open European club champions and the head coach of the U24 Team Italy Open teams since 2013. With the U24 Team Italy teams, they have finished 2nd in 2018 in Australia, 3rd in Germany in 2019, and 8th in 2013. He is also the technical director for all the teams for the Kuzba organization, including Kuzba Shout, the two-time defending European women's club champions, as well as the university and junior teams. He is also the technical director for the Italian Flying Disc Federation. As a player, Davide has had an accomplished career playing with the Italian Open team at the European Championships five times and representing Italy at the World Ultimate Guts Championships a total of four times, including winning MVP in the Open division in 2012. Davide has won the German Championship in 2005 with Mir saint and a France National Championship in 2006 with Ultimate Vibration UV who he also played with at the World Ultimate Club Championships in 2006. He also participated in the 2010 World Ultimate Club Championships with Swiss Flying Angel Bern, where they also won a European Club Championship that same year. He has had diverse playing opportunities outside of Europe, playing with Bogota Comunidad Alonso, San Francisco Revolver, and Toronto Goat. His full-time job is working with Kuzba, coaching Ultimate to middle and high school students, and has pursued his passion of ultimate for his career. Here is my interview with Davide More. So I'm here with Davide More. He's a well-accomplished player, but he also is a pretty well-known coach now. He's led the U24 Team Italy teams. He player coaches for Kuzba La Fata, so lots of cool stuff happening in Italy there. Very excited to have Davide on. Davide, how are you doing today? So, Theo, thank
1: you very much for having me in your podcast. I'm really proud to have a chance to get in in your interview.
0: Appreciate that. <laughs> so, we're going to start here with your journey, segment one. Tell the audience, wherever they're listening, could be in Europe, could be in North America, wherever they are, how did you get into Ultimate first as a player? How did you hear about the sport? And then, after that, why don't you talk about a little bit of how you got into coaching?
1: Okay, my basically my journey started when I was 15 in 1998. I had a sister, I, I have three sisters, one playing national rugby team in Italy, and the, the middle one used to play frisbee. And uh, she bring me to a summer league in the spring, uh, summer time. I used to play basketball and I fell in love with the sport. I started to, to go to the practice uh, at the same time of basketball. And after, uh, from 2003, 2001, I start to play more serious until basically I drop off basketball when I was uh, 25, 26. Then nine years of career between junior and amatorial practice. And when I was 19, I start to practice hard and coaching. I start when I was uh, basically 19, 20, because I also decided to subscribe to the University of Sport and then my. My goal will have been always to find a way to make ultimate more sport and less game. Since when I was uh, twenty twenty one,
0: it's definitely a good point there, Davide. Because when we think about ultimate, we think people throwing in the park with their with their dog or something. Not necessarily the sport. So love that you uh, want to take that on to try to continue to bring ultimate into the mainstream there in terms of its level as a sport. But as a player, Davide. What was it like playing club? You've played, as I mentioned in the bio, you've played for a few different club teams. So how did you get involved in the club ultimate scene where you are?
1: But basically, the, the situation was that when I was a junior and a university player, I used to have more time to manage my ideas and bring the ideas to the field, Invented drills and basically, I have to cut my life between 2005, six, uh, and after. When I was a junior and a university player, I, I was trying to, to play hard and uh, find teams strong. Obviously, Italy was not one of the strongest country. And then I, I start to go around the world, like, I start to play with the Germans team, like Nils Samir, the champion of, we won a championship uh, there from Munich. We won a championship uh, in Germany in 2005 and after I moved to play with the French team, used to be in the top three of Europe, just like a pickup for international competition. After 2008, when we went to Vancouver World Championship in uh, Vancouver, 2008, uh, I started to get in connection with the Colombian friends and also with some Canadian uh, Mark Serraglia from Italy, he's an Italian who used to play for Fulu, and also some Sokai player because Sokai used to ra- to go around the world a lot. And then I start to play also like pick up for, uh, for a couple of years, two years, three years for Comunidad de los in Bogotá. Continues my journey finding the country where the frisbee is supposed to be approached like a real sport. That when I was 25 and 6, I, I went around the world. America, Canada are the moment when you can can say I'm a professional frisbee player and I have time to practice five, six, seven, eight times per week is when you are at the university. But it was too late for me. I was only 26, 27. And then after I went in America with Revolver.
0: You also had some opportunities to play in North America as well, right? Playing with Revolver and Toronto Gold for a little bit. So what was that like?
1: Yeah, these are two different periods because after the winning of uh, European, the, my first European Championship with uh, Flying Angel from Bern, where I learned a lot because there was one of, of our captain, Lawrence Lo, Staffer Loru, he had an experience with Condors and GEM in uh, San Francisco he gave me the connection with John Remunekal, Rem was one of the founders of GEM, Giving the connection to go when I was 28, 29, to try out for Revolvers. And then, for me, this this changed my life a lot because uh, it was so hard in 2012 because Revolver was representing America in the World uh, Championship in Sakai with the same year. Yep. And when I went to San Francisco, we started trying try out in 60 players and after two weeks, uh, the car was like two, two months of tryout. The kata and the other tryout from 60 to 30. And after from 30 to 50, 15. And at the end, we stay six player at least. In uh, June, we went to Flower Bowl. We were four. And they pick up two players. I make the last, last tryout and they pick up only two. And it was fun because the year after, they pick up 10. There was uh, the main player of the world right now, they like a
0: Elijah Kearns, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, two or three players uh, basically were young. They they've been cut before. You have to imagine they also cut before entering the top 10, Alex Nord, because they said was too old, but it he was super strong. That was a really difficult tryout. And in 2013 in Toronto, basically, there was a different uh, a different idea because in 2012 I won the NDP award in Sakai, scoring a lot of points and assists. And after, in 2013, basically, I had a connection with Tolly Basilian, with Anatoly, asking if there was a spot for me for a season with the uh, Toronto God. And then I moved to to North America, so to Canada early again. A couple of weeks, practice with the on side uh, when I arrived. And after uh, just the just to practice and after move to Toronto and have two months. But it was too early because I moved like in June. I decided to go back at the end of August. I played with them for two months, practice three months with them, and after the tournament start, and after I go back home in Italy.
0: Thank you for sharing all of those uh, cool playing experiences. And also shout-out to Toli Vasiliev, a friend of the show here, and someone who uh, helped connect us, Davide. So I uh, appreciate tolly's help. And and also he clearly helped you with uh, playing with GOAT there. But let's talk a little bit about Italy Ultimate. When did you start to realize that Italy was starting to climb up the ranks of European Ultimate? Because you won a European club championship, a very big deal, with La Fata in 2019 in the Open Division. When did you see Italy start to really develop and get better and reach that next level in Europe?
1: We can see the dark side approach and the light light side. basically, the story is that when I get back from the u s already two thousand nine ten I was starting to create juniors. You have to imagine the community of Bologna was sixty ultimate player in total in two thousand five oh, wow. in two thousand 15, we passed to be 800. And now we are like 1,500 active players, like they practice. I founded I found four clubs, not only CSB, because basically my job, when I, I transfer my ideas, bring back from the US, I convert in the Italian mood. People from the school start to, to think Frisbee was cool to play. And then they create a big base in 2009-10. And then you have to imagine that the guys won bronze and silver medal in 2019-18 in under-24. They were junior, like I was their coach when they were at the middle school. They were like uh, 10 years old in 2010. And they they go up in the level of life compared to experience until the edge then you have to imagine that basically I create a community with the people who play frisbee also for fun, and after we founded club and the club start to develop coach and the club start to have more teams. Take take ten years basically, because also I have to say that in two thousand fifteen already we arrived second in the European Championship with the Fota, and also in two thousand sixteen and also in two thousand eighteen. Then we have. Team roster was always uh, under 26, 25, 22. We, we put Junior inside in 2015 playing the final the European Championship. Was something in the air already, but I never reached. Also the girls. I uh, coached the girls, the girls arrived also second in 2016 in Frankfurt, and in 2018, after two, after a bad experience in Cincinnati World Championship, they won the same year. After they finish like 18 in the war, they go back to Europe and they have work hard in September, October and they won the first medal of Europe for an Italian team. This is the club. About the the national team, the story is basically that that we we call the golden generation. The people from uh, 1997, 98 and 1994 you can say some name, Bruno Mine uh, or Toby Mine. the brother of Bruno. These are famous, uh, the stage. There are other people, all they're famous. But these guys basically are the generation from 2013 World Championship and 24 Until 2018, they bring up the level of the community. And then after all, the people come behind them. Because these guys became coach, player, start to practice six, seven times per week three-time gym, sprinting, three-time frisbee. And then after, they go to the university and they start to work more. This is why, basically, Italy go up with 11 and they won junior championship European 2017 to 2019. They finished five and four in the world junior championship in Lecco and Rockland. Then was already in the air to make a good result in under 24. But, But under 24 is so difficult. So difficult. I can speak also about Canada, Team Canada, or Team America in uh, Australia. There are some stories interested to see from a cost perspective.
0: Yeah, we can uh, definitely talk about that even right now. Let's talk a little bit about that 2018 game. I remember watching that live. It was uh, I was up late here in can- in Canada watching it, and you guys put on a great showing. I know not the result you wanted but a great fight in the final you were up at half and it seems like a lot of those players i remember hearing on the commentary a lot of those players have been playing together for years is that right it wasn't just they had just been training for for these american and and canadian teams often they're just training for a couple months and then going to these world championships the, the under 24s but for italy it seemed like it was something that happened for a few years is that right
1: yeah, because basically the story is when, when I accepted again after 2013 in Toronto, 2015 in London, to bring back a, a team only open because Australia was so far away from Italy and then I take like 2,500 euros, like $3,000 to go from Italy to there. I decided to do the project in my style, not in the style of uh, amatorial. Uh, and then basically, first I had the 70% of the players from Cusblafotta Blafotta live in Bologna. Plus some guys from Rimini, Milano and Padova, is close to Venice. then it's like one hour by car. And then basically I decided that October, November, December, they're supposed to commit three practice together of two hour and a half, three hours per week. Then you have to imagine they reach like... Uh, 36, 40 practice together just two weeks before leaving in the, in the snow, in the ice, because it was December. Like now in Italy, it was like five degrees, three degrees, minus one. And there were also the winter league around the city. Then we said, okay, guys, we don't go to play the, the, the winter league. I asked the Federation to put some money to rent a field, synthetic turf. We never delayed the practice. And we have done a, a super, super hard athletic preparation and super hard practice with the beast. And after we gave two two weeks of uh, tapering of to recovery, the shape, when they basically flow to, to Australia. And they basically, this is why also, I think Canada done their worst uh, under 24 championship because for them, it was already two or three months in the snow. It was difficult to practice together. The same for America. They were not at the, at the end of the college uh, season. They were in winter. And for us, this was good. Because imagine in, uh, in the half of November, we, have, we had a test match with England uh, and with other teams come to practice with Germany. Practice for the world in Bologna in November with 10 degrees, 15 degrees. This was a wow. difference. This is also why Canada, and after they get back, they play better. They played also a good quarter of final, lost against Australia in the pool, 15-5. Because the Australians basically were in the main of their summer, spring-summer, and the Canadians were totally not in shape. After they, they come up in shape during the tournament. About the technical uh, approach to the new system, we decided to introduce with Stack 1-6, like some uh, American teams and Japanese teams used to play. Basically, we started to work in 2016 to convert the idea of the junior to play this new system just to go faster. Because my idea, after study a lot of games, uh, And after my experience in London 2016 with the Italian Nobel team, I take a look to the final, America against Japan, and I saw that if you play horizontal or vertical, in general, if you have only one handler behind, you have more line of flow in front, and then you can basically reach fastest flexible offense. Also starting horizontally and going vertical, and anyway, also give more dump and swing space. And then we start to work on that in offense. At the same time, one of the, I think, one of the components, a, a, one of the good skills of the Italian was the defense. Because the story I didn't say to nobody was in 2017, the year before the, the under-24 championship in Australia. We went to US Open with LaFotta with 10 of the 20 four player supposed to be in the project in the year after and then they play against Ring of Fire Sokai lost by two against Sokai lost by two against Ring of Fire basically we lost by two against Am0 lost by one against Philadelphia Patrol basically we lost every game by one or two and we won only the final against Team Germany in US Open like 15-3 and uh, we're growing up really, really strongly with a new zone that we don't have time to explain. Don't want to give away the secrets. No, no, I don't give you away the secret. But basically, we we develop more the system of uh, forcing FM instead of uh, forcing uh, one side. We work also in some tactic. And in the final of uh, the World Championship against USA, I spent. After we lost in the pool against America fifteen four with a terrible game, we inverted, we changed the the mind of the players, we start to to the, to decide to pick up what we learned from the from the losing, against England by one, against America by eleven, and we won by four against Colombia in the pre-quarter with a lot of difficulty because we played without the first line. We tried to rotate the player and then the game was hard until the middle of the game of time. We won by four, five, it was difficult. After against Japan in the quarter of final, the Japanese, in the first game of the championship, we won by one in the pool against Japan. We stolen the seeding by them by one. We throw away three times, they throw away four times. We met them again in the quarter and was again a super, super strong game, like with no mistake from both sides. What was the same of the final three, fourth place in uh, Eidelberg 2024 World Championship uh, 2019. Because basically, we decided to put inside against the first line we have fresh and they play a good game. We passed the quarter and we met against Germany. One against us at this time. One against us in the pool by one, and we won against them, fifteen-seven in the semis. That was for us. Coming up, then going back to the tactical uh, ideas was what we can do against Team USA. Because when we played against them and we lost fifteen-four in the power pool, it was bad. Forcing a flick or forcing back and no work. And then after a big, big, uh, like two or three hours, I remember of taking videos, taking a look to, we recognised the best solution would have been to play FM until the end of the game. And then we have the night before the final, one big meeting with the, one hour with defence, one hour with the offence, against one hour with the D D-line, special D-line, one hour with the zone D-line. Just to explain that our concept was to play FM, to don't give them a clear line of uh, flow. Because if you force, for example, force forehand, they take a break and they have the connection flow, swing, swing, vertical, advance, and after score. Then we decide to have always an FM shape of defense in every defense, in every zone.
0: And for the audience that might not know what that means, Davide, can you just explain really quickly what FM is? That stands for force middle, but... Kind of just explain that really quick for maybe some of the audience that might not know what it is.
1: Basically, I can explain like for the beginners. When you start to play Frisbee, you mark the, the disc frontal marking, like the baby, like the kid at school. And this make annoying a lot. Also the strong player, because it's not something clear if you have someone forcing you frontal marking. When you decide to do FM, basically you say, okay, we basically stay frontal marking. We don't want to be... They feet on the upline. Then you force them to throw always disc in the middle of the field, like basketball. Then everyone can stay between the man and the disc in the middle. All the disc, all the flow, basically is forced to go in the middle of the field. and Then it's easier to defend, but at the same time it's also difficult because you have to do orbitation in time. Orbitation, I mean be between the disc and the, and the receiver. And if you don't have good players, it's difficult to do that. Then we were lucky because, like I told you, in winter time, we practiced a lot, all the kind of defense, forcing freak, forcing mechanic, and also a lot of FM. Then it was so easy for us to say, okay, guys, this game is FM. And the other thing important was in the studying of the athletic preparation we have done before starting the practice in October. We also set a time set with the team, and, and we said a good defense is always a defense go up to one minute continuously flow or more. Then, when we played a game, offense against defense, and the offense of Italy scoring 50 seconds, 30 seconds, I always went to the, the defense of guys. We said one minute, one minute and a half. Australia, Canada. America, they don't, Germany, they don't turn over if you defend under one minute. They have to stay on the pitch one minute and a half and at the end of the game, they will be tired. This is what we have done. This is why we lost also. I know I know why we lost because basically we were up. I think we have been the only one team in the world pull down the USA in the first half because we were winning 8-5, I, I think. But the mistake was... Uh, that in the second half, we start to be more tired and the D-line gives to the U.S. two or three quick points. Don't give the time to our O-line to recover the energy. Then we arrive at the end with the disc to go 14-13 for us. We miss a catch, layout catch. This disc is supposed to be the 14-13 for Italy in game to 15. And after they went 14-13, for three or four stupid mistakes this is why we understand that basically the take care of the small things important but also we finish second in the world
0: pretty cool result there david and i know that game probably eats away at you and you think about it a lot but i think that's what makes good coaches right constantly thinking about how to be better and appreciate you sharing that with the audience and hopefully they can learn something about some tactical changes that you can make during a tournament and so I'm going to give you a chance right now, last part of this segment. What's some advice out there for not just national team coaches, but club coaches, coaches out there? If they want to get to the next level, be a better coach, what are some things they should do?
1: If you have to start from the beginning, first, you have to take care of every single detail, like what they eat, where they sleep, what is their routine they don't have to cooking, they don't have to... They have only to think about playing frisbee. There is the funny story, nobody knows, that the night before, the evening before the final, but also this was the same also in Heidelberg the year after, the 2019 World Championship. We basically pick up all the phone of the player for two days because we decided that it was not good to have social media, Okay, go Francesco, go Andrea. We are with you. We said, okay, guys, give me the mobile. And also, there is a the funny story that I went in the rooms with the with, with a knife because two players didn't give me the the mobile. And then I went, I went in the room before they get they they start sleeping, and I said, the captain, who is, I missed two, two, two mobile. I'm searching for that, and I went in the in the room where there were two guys in giving me the mobile with the knife and said, Oh, you give me the mobile, or tomorrow you don't play. And maybe I also put you with the knife. This is a funny story, but it's true. We basically we <laughs> knock every door because because he wanted them free for 48 hours. And also because we said them, this is one of the most important uh, moment of your life, career, I, I don't know how many players can say I played a world championship final. And this is also why the year after 2019, because this story comes from Perth, Australia, but the year after, like again, going back to a suggestion from the coach, what was a mistake in 2019? The Open team wanted to have some under twenty four players in the roster for the European two weeks before. Seven of the under-24, the strongest one, played both. They arrived to the, the World Championship tired, mentally tired. And they played bad. They played middle. They played the first game against Canada. The second day we, we played, we lost by two against Canada. And our top seven player, Canada player, played a good game. that was Armstrong, uh, their main handler. And also the coach was uh, John from Vancouver and Tim Tsang from Vancouver. Yeah,
0: John Hayduke Tim Sang, Big shout outs there, yeah.
1: They are also my friend. And they were so aware by the lessons we showed them in Perth. And they basically, so we have like 10 chances to win the game and we lost, we lost the seeding. And we never uh, met them again because after they won the semis against Japan, and we met uh, in Team USA. But this time Team USA didn't decide to do the tryout three months before. Not like in Australia, because they were because Bob and John, the two coaches of America, we, we knew each other since 2013, knew that from the old team from Italy, the seventy percent of the player would have been the same because we were young we were like still with a lot of 1996 1998 player then we lost Bruno mine other players strong but we anyway keep the 70% of the team people from uh, Chicago Boston Seattle tryouts for the new State under 24 2019 have been so, uh, harder than in the past because they knew it would have been difficult with Canada in shape in shape us, and also Japan is always strong. And this is a, the first suggestion. Second suggestion is to be so clear with the player to don't give up the practice, to control them in the gym if they go or not. Make a program where they maybe they are big and slower four or five months before the, the competition and start to to drop off the big weight to be fast and also play a lot of mini ultimate, play a lot of of games where you can uh, have a flow, flow system going on. This is the key. It's, it's easy to say in an interview, it's difficult to do in the practice because you have to, to stay with the, with your, like Sauron, the, the big eyes of the Lord of the Ring, you have to stay, always uh, wake up. And this is the, the secret, basically, to have success in coaching. But it's not easy. Every, every, every tournament of an history, like I told you, we when we lost against Team USA in 2019, the same is, for me, was so difficult to, to pull up the... I had four or five players totally depressed. Like, I was waiting for this game for, since 2018 to give them a lesson. And we lost. They kick us like 15-7. And I said, guys, please. Japan just lost by two against Team Canada. In two hours, we have... Uh, again, okay, for the bronze medal. Please, if you have to, to cry, go away. I, I cannot say bad word. I say go crying away. You, you and you. And the other 20, please go go taking a, a sandwich, uh, cool down because we have a final for the third place. And it's a shame because Alti Ward and Fancit and uh, WFDF didn't record the third fourth place against Japan. We won by two and it was a super, Japan played so good. And also us, was a game where nobody threw away. was a perfect game. Then now the people are obviously full of passion when they approach the, you see also in the Nikola Kovic videos that are in the, in the tube. When they lose, you have to say, oh guys, the life go on. You don't have to give up the tournament. Or stop eating or go up to bed late. You have to, to stay aware. Because otherwise, maybe you throw away one year of job. Or generation of players because they want to win for sure. It's difficult. i, I, I give you the last uh, history. In 2015, I was the coach of of the under-24 Team Italia in London. We won one game of 12 and we finish in the 12th position. We won one game. One, we lost 11 games. We won against Mexico by five in the streaming. And after we lost every game, every game with uh, my team was not the best because they were a bit not so experienced. But we give give until the end, we lost by three, four. We finished the tournament, and obviously. Just understand that 15-20% of this player entering the team won the silver medal three years after. Just to say that maybe you are with the head away, oh, I've done a a bad performance, I'm horrible, I finished 12. Last time in Toronto, we finished eighth, we were almost close to finish fifth. The life gone. Maybe you will have another opportunity after, maybe, but you have to work harder in the meeting, the, the years during uh, the preparation period.
0: Yeah, Davide, I love your energy and just love all the advice you're giving out there. So that's awesome. For segment two here, we're just gonna talk briefly here about your opportunities as a technical director with Kuzba as well as the Italian Federation. So can you just give a quick snapshot for the audience what life is like developing those programs for Kuzba and the Italian Federation?
1: Basically, the the idea is that now we are trying to give a a guideline from the juniors, since you are under 17, until the under 24. Give the same tactics and uh, behavior element to the junior, just to have them ready, like we have done for now, for the under 24 and open women and mixed competition. We take care of the tactics. And at the same time, the approach of selection. I don't know if in English it's okay to say when I have a rotten apple. <laughs> we, we used to throw away the, the rotten apple earlier. This is a problem for everyone in, in Ultimate Frisbee. There are some players strong, I don't want to say a name they don't practice. Or they want to be the superstar because they are strong. Already in 2017, the Australian selection, I said, I had two or three players strong. You are super strong. You don't practice. I cut you. You fake to practice. I cut you. If you have seen the spirit of the game of Italy improve a lot, take also time that if you have a bad approach to Frisbee in terms of community or some behavior supposed to be more often reproduced in the past, we cut you. In the past, it was not like this. Four or five years ago, you are strong, you don't practice, but you come back practicing in March, then I take you back again. No, I understood. When you can choose, you can. You have to say sometime you are out. And this is something I think is a problem for everyone in the world. Because I also got, Toronto got, or Vancouver player, or uh, the Americans less. Because Americans, when they say give a commitment, they, they do the commitment. In other countries, uh, sometimes we have the friend of the friend, supposed to be a strong player, but he has a baby, he can come not soft into the practice, we have to understand him. At the end, uh, you don't win. If the people don't have the same commitment, you will you lose. Take a, a, a look to 2017, uh, iron Side final, Graham came back. I think Graham is my age at 37, 38 Come back to play the season when he was 35. Or is a friend of mine, is still 35. He practices hard every day. There are some exceptions, but for the rest, I think uh, you need to practice and you, have, you need time. You can also have family issue, but you need to keep the standard of your team. If you want to win, this is the secret.
0: Appreciate you sharing all the secrets. And Davide, in terms of balancing your day, are you doing a lot of stuff with? Kuzba mostly teaching ultimate frisbee and gym class, and then how do you balance that with coaching La Fata and also coaching the U24 teams? Like, how do you balance that during your days?
1: First, I'm 24 or National Federation meeting are always in weekend set in the beginning, then we know. But about the, my routine before the COVID, because now it's almost uh, Nine days, I don't yeah. go to the school anymore because the school doesn't permit you to enter now because also physical education is not anymore like the past for now. Hopefully, maybe in spring, no? Normally, my routine is supposed to be in the morning, doing four hours first from 8 or 7 a.m. to 9, if I have the possibility to go practicing for myself, to be in shape in the morning, every morning, from Monday to for me. In the evening with the team, but after basically, or from eight to ten to twelve a.m., or from ten to two o'clock p.m., having two classes per day where I go teaching frisbee to people not don't know frisbee, and basically having a one or two commitment for um, after school teams, where I have people, adolescents, start to play mix, also girls, and put them in the community playing in your school. I give you uh, more guidelines for ultimate phase like a sport, then you pass from having fun and playing basketball, volleyball to stay in the afternoon in your school, playing phase one time per week, and then I have two or three school in a period. And uh, in the afternoon, evening, basically of my five evening, I have three time or two time. I coach my under 24 team. They are basically people from 17, 16 years old until 23. Is a group along with uh, team A and team B, whose Red Bull is my preferred basically team, but it's one of the CSB teams two or three times per week, and the other three, and before or after the, my practice. Other three times per week, I have my practice with the team. Then maybe I have my, my captain, uh, uh, we take a, a WhatsApp meeting and decide the topics we want to touch tactically. I have to say that. Basically, in La Fotta, also shall do that, they start from the idea of what they want to practice to go into the drills. This is something it's the opposite if you do this process with a junior or under-23 team. Basically, you start from the drill and enter in the tactics, the topics. When you, but this is the same from Ring of Fire, Revolver. This story is true. Their philosophy... Mike Payne or uh, Dachi, there has been the, the main uh, coach. So easy. Eight con for the field, two or three corn to set the line. Yeah, easy. But uh, it's easy because the people they have in the team are so strong. And then uh, they don't want to be bored with uh, t- 20,000 times inside out. They, they put more focus on the form of the drill. Into a hard and strong game. Well, when I was practicing with the in the tryout, and also in, the, in June, we went to Berkeley Field with heavy rain, heavy wind. In three hours of practice, we played seven games to five, switching the team every time. And in total, in three hours, under the storm, We have done in total seven mistakes all the team. Seven mistakes. Seven mistakes where you are practicing hard with a strong defense against each other and nobody turn over. And make me surprised because one thing is to don't turn over because your defense is middle good. Another question is when you don't turn over, when there is the storm, the rain. And uh, Bo Bo-Ki- Kittredge or Mark Sherwood is marking you uh, is another... Uh, <laughs> another story. <laughs> Cassidy Ramos and this guy, and there, when I, I came to, to San Francisco, Ca- Cassidy was, the, was a freshman, just arrived from the college there, When the people said, oh, do you know that these guys make one turnover per season? And there was, there was also Ashwin Joel, my friend, Ashland was like uh, the second year of revolver I never seen him throw away this is something uh, it's not my style I, I like to hack I learn a lot
0: yeah David, you love the story so that's awesome and I'm gonna give you a chance to tell some more stories right now segment three we're gonna talk about your favorite games as a player just because you you talked a lot about coaching so let's let's talk to you a little bit about you as a player what's the game that you enjoyed playing in the most in your whole career? You got to just pick one, Davide. I know it's going to be hard.
1: In 2010, in Prague, Flying Angel from Bern. I was also young. I was 28. I was in shape compared to now. I'm older. We played the knockout game to enter in the top eight in the World Championship per club. Flying Angel-Bern against Sokai. And uh, we lost by two, I think. And we played. I basically was covering uh, Caldwell.
0: Michael Caldwell, yeah.
1: And also, they were like, I uh, remember, I'm a strong player, a uh, SMCK, full of super strong players. And basically, also, John Rimunacal used to play with financial like me. We play an amazing game. We stay until 12 and against Sokai. I also play well, I score a lot. This game, I also I take double point to try to win because we wanted to win and then we lost. And this game was, was one of my best because both teams ran hard, clear cut, nobody gave up the game. So Kai gave us an opportunity to improve. We gave them a good challenge until the end. At the end, we lost. But this was one of my best games. I remember in Japan, there was a game against Australia also, Italy against Australia, we pick up uh, the Australian after two hours after they lost by one against the USA in the power pool. That was, was our last game for the, for, the, for the power pool Italy against Australia. We stay until nine, eight, maybe behind by one. And then after we, we saw the Australian change the jerseys and put inside the strongest player, we're recovering from the game against America was still game to 17. We were like, I told you, 10 8, 10 9, 11 9. And after we lost, 17 10. That made me it, it so fun because we played so good. Also, because there were some girls watching the game, watching on the sideline. Then the Italian the Italian Latin lover came out. The Italian lover
0: coming out to play Frisbee, is what you're saying. But yeah, because basically there were these girls
1: from Australia, some. Uh, Sister or girlfriend from the player come watching the game, and also the some Australian uh, mix and, uh, and women team uh, coming watching the game and uh, against the Italian. And then some of my teammates uh, play so well compared to the, the standards. Also, I, I didn't play so bad. And you know, when you have behind a good uh, audience watching the game, uh, also it was in the middle of the storm. Also there. Uh, it was fun. This is a uh, make me fun because at the end, of Australian said, No, David, your team play well, uh, not so bad. Nah. Uh, I was ashamed you lost by seven, but and I didn't tell them what the secret was because your sister and your girlfriend are watching the game. This is why we play well, but now the Australian know the secret.
0: Yeah, that, those secrets there, and David, now we're going to move on to. Maybe something uh, a little bit more sad here. Your least favorite game you've played in as a player.
1: But the worst game we played, the worst of the worst, I think was uh, in Sakai against France. Was uh, similar, like Australia was uh, the chances to enter in top 10 or stay out. It was a game, imagine, was like they were up by 13-10 and after they started. We start to call travel and they call travel and we make a foul and we make a foul. And after you have to imagine the the game, I think, was like 200, 150 minutes long with uh, 30 calls. But do you know when you make calls, also me, also me, I was nervous, other player, just to make calls. This was because you don't want to give up, that you have to lose or you have to win or maybe... You are playing bad, but you want to win. You must win. And This was one of the worst. At the end, we re a friendship with them two or three hours after. About a, a tactical game, I was so depressed when we lost against in Lecco 2014 World Championship. We had a power pool with... Uh, there was basically a triangle, two spots for three team Ragnarok with a lot of... Uh, Five, six American players from uh, double wide joined them. Colony from Australia and us. And then basically it was bad because we had the first game against Colony. Uh, we take a look in the morning, uh, playing, uh, watching the game, Ragnarok-Colony, and we, d- we didn't understand that Colony were basically winning easily because Ragnarok didn't play because they wanted to take the energy for us. Then after we play against Colony... And we basically lost by three. We almost went close to win, but not enough. And after we give the best we can. So yeah, two hours after we had the Ragnarok in the game. I also was tired and also I, I played bad. I, I threw away three or four discs. I was pushing by the my defender was one of the double white guys. Denied the deep. And then they, they pushed me to take a lot of discs. But the flow was basically cracked because I was forcing frontal. And then I, I didn't have the chance to hack because I knew if I entered the floor, it would have been easier for Fonta winning. And after I, the first half I was focused. The second half I wanted to, anyway, to hack. And I was stupid. And also we never stopped there in the D-line. We started to play double point and we lost. And then we went out from the top 16. After a good tournament, this was a shame. I always have in mind why we didn't try to win for real against the Colony or why we didn't give up the game against because sometimes you cannot win every game. You have to calculate if you have possibilities, play hard that you can, but also understand that sometimes you can use the game to make an improvement of the team, create improvement for the second line or third line of your team and maybe... Give up, say to the strongest guy, like, yeah, don't play. Come here, no, I want to play, I want to win. No no. no. We don't want to play. Otherwise you lose. Revolver, ring of fire, got uh, Fur. this team I have a big roster, clap and big rosters. Then they can manage, but when you have four people where the strongest are twelve.
0: Uh, yeah, if you have a lack of depth, you have to really pick your spots to where you go hard because you risk, as you said, getting tired and then potentially something bad happening. So
1: Also, it's like poker. You have to point your fish, your, your, you have to point your money when, when it's better. This is something I told you, probably going back to the season 2018, we won against and in the power pool, we won 15 And after we lost by two against Ring of Fire... Uh, we won against Comunidad Los. So we arrived to the pre-quarter against nomadic Tribe. Ah, Rumors, Steve Lafontaine top eight in the war, blah, blah, blah. We played the pre-quarter horribly. Our O-line throw away seven times. Our D-line recovery from 8-4 to 8-all. And after we lost again 4-5 points and we give up our championship for a question of bad uh, uh, approach to the game. But uh, when you have to win in the pre-quarter and you have uh, the Japanese like to play a slow game, coaching, uh, keep the flow, didn't give the disc away, and you have to be ready. You don't have to say, oh, I just, I just won against Clapham, I just lost by two against the ring. Then I'm strong. At the end, we lost. This is the story. Lessons, lessons. My madness is that I remember really well, a lot of games, also like from coaching and players' side. Then it's my, my night where sometimes I take a look to the game again. And I said, why do we do that? Every time I take a look to Italy against America, final, I said, oh, we, are, we are 13 uh, We are 12-9. It's almost done. And we lost. Because the video don't change.
0: Well, Davide, always trying to get better i do appreciate that from you even just sharing this in the interview and i expect really good things from italy in the next few years just with what you've been doing tactics wise but also developing the program so uh great stuff there davide and then we're going to move to segment four here we're just going to wrap up with some fun rapid fire questions with ultimate so first question is which throw do you prefer your flick or backhand
1: the flick, uh, but I like also the back end the next to the neck of the people. I like to feel the,
0: the board between
1: foul and uh, breaking uh, next to the neck or back end. But flick. There you
0: go. Flick. What about hammer or scuba?
1: Basically, I, don't, I, I, I cannot flex my hand anymore. <laughs> I like more of the hammer because the scuba is uh, something I cannot do so well. I can do if I want but I didn't hammer,
0: hammer. What about, would you rather drop a pole or drop a catch in the end zone?
1: I drop a pull only one indoor house because I'm not playing so much. And, uh, but but uh, drop a pull in an indoor game and after we lost by one. Drop a catch uh, not so often but I had uh, just one time, yes. I dropped basically the, the, the catch to win 14-10 uh, just to close the game, just to win 15-10. And after, that oh, team, no. the, the team gets back to 14 all but we won anyway. But I don't know why we, we, I missed this draw. I, I, I miss this catch. I still think about I don't miss too much catch normally. I do other stuff.
0: I'm going to give you a choice here. You can win five silver medals, uh, let's say Worlds, or only one gold medal at Worlds, which would you choose? A gold, obviously, to enter in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you can
1: have a story to tell to your uh, your son. Grandkids. Not because silver is bad. A medal is a medal, but
0: gold is better. And what about, do you think Ultimate, the name, should be renamed to something else?
1: Think about that also in the Italian Federation. The problem is that normally... The people call Ultimate Frisbee flying disc, if you take a look to the IOC, because I'm also in the athlete committee from WFDF uh, since 2018. But uh, for me, Ultimate Frisbee is the clear compromise between the name of the sport we practice and put the frisbee inside Flying disc the mistake that after the people like the dog can say, oh, you play the flying disc like the, the UFO, you are an alien. Then, uh, I don't know. In Italian, if you say flying, I play flying disc, I think for a mother language, English mother language, flying disc, uh, make fun. Like uh, the dog. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah they, don't, they don't take it seriously.
1: Yeah, I think Flying Disc is a good name, the official name we, we need to use. But at the same time, uh, Ultimate Frisbee is good, but will deny the access to other sports, beautiful like freestyle, this golf. If we are the WFDF, mean that under the Flying Disc Federation, we have other sports with a disc. The problem is when you cross the board between a sport. And uh, discipline, like this dog or fun. Because if I play Frisbee, and the people say, oh, Frisbee, like the pizza, like the... After you lose, we don't have to take care of the other people, but uh, it's difficult sometimes to expect. No, it's not with the dog. Is uh, we,
0: we have to score.
1: I think we have to take consideration. I don't know.
0: Last question here, Davide, to wrap this up. I'm going to give you all the town in the world And you can't choose ultimate for this question. So I'm going to give you all the talent in the world. You can pick any sport, any team to play for. What would you choose? I
1: think I will will pick up uh, basketball national team of mine. But I think that uh, the stereotypies could be I want to play the national soccer team. But uh, soccer is the enemy of the ultimate. Then I cannot say soccer to say basket Because soccer cheat the field of ultimate then i would like to play basketball because i can play ultimate in the summer
0: season appreciate that davide so that actually wraps up our show for today thank you for coming on i know we have a little bit of a time difference here you all the way in bologna italy but thank you for coming on davide if people want to find out more about kuzba i know you don't have facebook or, or i know you don't have instagram or anything like that but For people that want to find out more about the program, about Team Italy, is there anything they can find online or just maybe watch some games? What what can they do? They can
1: take a look to the uh, social media of uh, CUSB or of uh, FIFD, Federazione Italiana Flying Disc, Italian Federation Flying Disc. About games, uh, in the last four or five years, there are more games to watch. I think uh, in general, uh, taking a look to Italy, Canada, and Heidelberg, uh, juniors, finals, like also Italy is a uh, European champion. Or th- these are good points to take a look. If the people want to take me, to write me an email, to ask me a question, uh, if they put a on Google, they will find the contact form to
0: start playing free in Bologna. They will, find, they, they will reach me so easily. If you want to check out Kuzba or Italian Flying Disc Federation stuff, I'm going to leave some of those links and social media profiles in the show description. If you want to check out some games, I'll leave some links for that as well, including the 2018 final between Italy and USA. And if you want to reach Davide by email, I'll also be leaving his email in the show description, so please check that out. So Davide, thank you again for coming on the show. Really do appreciate it.
1: Grazie, Teo. Buona fortuna, like we said in Italia. Good luck. And hope to see you on the field in a couple of months because I think everyone across the world is borrowing in the house and everyone is feeling the the vibration to go back playing. Also a game, the worst game we can play at the park.
0: Yeah, people just want to go back to playing. You're right, Davide. So maybe one day we'll see each other at the World Championship. Maybe uh, I'll be commentating or something. We'll see what happens.
1: We see each other in uh, Liberton, in, in, uh, in Holland, or Limerick, under 24 words, or San Diego, Los Angeles,
0: uh, I don't know where. <laughs> Sounds good. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Keep an eye out for the next episode where I interview Dina Dumenskaya, a captain for the Russian women's club team Cosmic Girls, a Team Russia national player, and two-time Eurostars tour participant. In this interview, Dina shares about how she got inspired to play Ultimate through a Seattle sockeye camp in Moscow, and her growth and experiences on the Russian national team. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at Juan underscore and underscore only underscore sports. You can see my commentary highlights on YouTube at the channel Juan and Only Sports, and you can reach me by email at theojuan 6 at gmail.com. Catch you listeners on the flip side. Peace.